Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Sports Studios, you'd rather be here. And now, from the Lithia Body and Paint Sports Desk, powered by BMW of Des Moines, this is an X's and O's update on 1460 KXNO. And I'm Frank Conant. We start in hockey, a dominating performance from the Iowa Wild. For Mayhew, right wing side, wrapped up by big Jared Tenorti, the Burnsville, Minnesota native. Now a backdoor pass, he scores! Bit left side, charging in. Left to back, O'Reilly, back to Bitt, threw one in front, they scores! Two of the seven wild goals there from Joe O'Donnell on KXNO. Game two of the five-game series continues tomorrow night at Wells Fargo Arena. Two baseball, and Marcelo Ozuna stays hot for the Cardinals. Ozuna drives it out to left field. This is trouble for the Mets. That ball is down. Goldschmidt from first to third to the plate, and he'll score. The call from Fox Sports Midwest as the Cardinals take two of three from the Mets. In Chicago, the Cubs walk it off against the Diamondbacks. The pitch, Cubs win, Cubs win, David Bodie knocks in Baez. Happy Easter, everybody. It's the Easter Bodie. The call from NBC Sports Chicago. The Cubs take 2-3 from Arizona. An off day today before they welcome in the Dodgers for a three-game set beginning tomorrow night. Tonight, 6-10, Kansas City in Tampa. White Sox are in Baltimore to face the Orioles. 6-45, Brewers, Cardinals. And the Twins are in Houston to face the Astros. Live from the Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson Studios, you'd rather be here. This is 1460 KXNO. Sports Radio in Iowa starts and ends right here. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. With you for the next hour. Glad you're with us here on 1460. Coming up in about 10 minutes or so, we'll take our First look at one of the or local teams, the Chiefs in the spotlight today. Hopefully the Packers tomorrow will finish up on Wednesday prior to the draft with the Vikings and the uh, Chicago Bears, a couple of division rivals. Uh, but we're going to do this every day this week and, of course, recap on Friday. Scale of 1 to 10, uh, your excitement level for Thursday, will it build? Are you there yet? Do you care? Uh, getting there without the Bears having yeah, a first-round selection, right. that, that certainly dissipates it. But mm-hmm. with both Fanton Hawkinson and their opportunity to be drafted, not just in the first round, but maybe first 15 picks or so, that certainly will build it. I'll be excited for that on Thursday, but I'm not as big of an NFL draft guy as you are. Mm Mm-hmm. I know throughout the weekend you'll still be clicking yeah. in from time to time. Well, for Thursday and Friday I'll watch all of it. Start to finish. Yeah, but Saturday kind of dip in and out a little bit depending yeah. on what else is going on. Yeah, I love it. I really do. It's the halfway point of the off season. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's unofficial and maybe would not to the day, but close enough. Are you excited about your team, the Broncos? Are you Well, I looked at the schedule when it came out and, and yeah. the NFL's not excited about my team. Um they're in they're in prime time. Well, everybody's in at once, right? The they Thursday night mandatory. Yep. But other than that, 
the Broncos, if they weren't, if they didn't reside in the AFC West, they might not have got a game. Um, and it, it seemingly happens every single year or, or certainly two out of three that if you're a Broncos fan or a Raiders fan, you have to wait until the very last game, game 16 of opening week, that 920 Beth Moen special mm-hmm. on ESPN on that Monday night. I mean, come on. We had all off season. You go through Sunday, you don't get to see your team. They got a six o'clock kick on on Monday night. The the A team is there, and you 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 get saddled with Beth Moens. That's, that's not the best. No, it's not. No, uh, but no prime time. So the NFL doesn't think that they're going to be worth a crap as far as their pick. Mm. Same the, kind of thing. Yeah, I'm um I'm not as nah, I shouldn't say that. I still love them. But um, am I excited about the pick? Not nah, so much. Not really. I mean, Elway can't get a quarterback to save his life. And the thing is, you still, even though the Chiefs are a division rival, you like talking about that team. Oh, God, yeah. And with Patrick Mahomes, right. your guy, mm-hmm. you were, this was a di- disagreement. We we had a yeah, veering off point with Patrick Mahomes. I just, I talk about being dead wrong. This this could go down <laughs> as one of the worst calls of my career. Right. It's not that I didn't think he was talented. That's obvious, but... We see so many guys like this, big arm, come in, but there's something to be said, at least to me, about being a winner, and he never was a winner. I know the defense was bad. I know he has absolutely nothing to do with that. You're right. He had to, the, his team had to put up, his offense had to put up 40-plus every week. Plus 66-10 in Ames. <laughs> I know they did. <laughs> just, that was that, uh, yeah. that lingered for me. Mm-hmm. He could put up yards. Maybe he'd be a Jeff George type, not in terms of personality, but in terms right. of can put numbers up, but you're never going to win big with him as a quarterback. I feel like I was so wrong on this one, and I'm going to be wrong for a long time. You are, Trent, at a least decade. a decade yeah. for sure. If you're a fan of a team that's not named the Chiefs in the AFC West, it's going to be a, <clears throat> no picnic going up against that squad twice a year with that QB. So, uh, NFL schedules, in fact, we didn't even get into it much last week. Uh, four prime timers for the Browns. They got four, okay. Four yeah. prime timers. Chiefs for have the Browns. five. Chiefs five, which is right. I mean, they they they've got a marquee, one of the faces of the league. Who else in the AFC outside of the Patriots? Who, who, by the way, did you see that somebody put up a prop that the Patriots will go the longest before they lose a football game? Oh, I'm not buying that. I don't think so either. They last time they up. last time they won the Super Bowl, they got beaten week one. Maybe the Chiefs picked them off. They historically struggle early yes. in the season. Miami. I think that's week two for them at Miami, who's going to be terrible, but it's a road game in Miami. And they, they, they struggle in Miami. Yeah, September, mm-hmm. hot. It's going to be mm-hmm. 88 degrees with stifling humidity. Open with uh, They open Pittsburgh at Miami, Jets Buffalo at, at Buffalo at Washington. So it's not exactly murderer's row. I mean, I guess I understand why that would be the team that they would. I mean, they've got to make somebody the favorite. Right. But, boy, I would, that's a bet against for me. I'd be right there with you. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I had people, oh, can you bet this for me? i I got to get 20 on the Vikings. Or yeah, can you bet yeah. the Eagles? Folks, hold your money. Do it yourself. You'll be able to go to Altoona <laughs> or to Jefferson here this summer and do it. And you have your own ticket and have the experience of betting it for yourself. You don't need me running your bets for you. That'll be another thing. I'll be interested to see the future props and the prices that we get. We talked about just individual games, but how much those will also be slanted. Yeah, so the... Iowa State win total seven and a half in Vegas. What's it going to be in Jefferson or in uh, Altoona? Right, right. Is it going to be? Is it going to be eight? Is it going to creep up to eight and a half? And it could be different in each of those locations, or yes. Riverside, or Shop Quad around. Cities, whatever it may mm-hmm. be. That price, what it's going to be for Nebraska in the win total in Council Bluffs? Yes, excellent point. As opposed to what it's going to be, excellent point in Waterloo. Yep. 
completely different. Mm-hmm. It's going to be different each. And of the Nebraska, books. Trent, honest to God, I don't think fifty states. Yep, Nebraska will be somewhere in the. There's some that are. I mean, Utah. I don't think it's Utah will be never. Ne- never, right? Nebraska's not far from never. Nebraska, Nebraska had paramutual wagering forever, right? Everybody mm-hmm. used to run over to Exarbon from here before Prairie was built, before when horse racing was the only thing you could do gambling wise. Um, the bridge from Omaha to Council Bluffs, and you're going to have to. You know, if you if you are a mobile player, mm-hmm. it's going to shut off once you get halfway through the bridge, over the bridge. That was something I wanted to ask you about, us being a border state. Geofencing, well, they'll shut you right down. So same thing, Quad City. So our friend Tom Caker, I believe, lives on the, I think he lives on the Illinois side. Does he? He's out. So he's sitting in his house, he can't? No. Even though he opened the account there? Uh-huh. Wow. I could have opened it, or anybody, any any tourist going to Nevada right now could mm-hmm. open up a, a mobile sports betting account. And if you're going to Vegas for the Super Bowl it's the only or way the to NCAA tournament, you you almost have to. Absolutely, because the, the lines are just, yep. get there, the first thing you do, we'll check in your room, then go go sign up for your, for your account. But once you leave the state of Nevada or coming to our state soon, once you get beyond the borders, and I'm not talking miles, mm-hmm. I'm talking literally inches slash feet. Geofencing, wham, shuts you down, and you are unable to bet. We should have maybe got in a few years ago, huh? There's a number of them, Trent. (laughs) We'll take a time out. Nick Athen on the Chiefs next. Miller and Condon till noon. Dylan Montz on Iowa State in about 20 minutes. We will uh, dot I's, cross T's as the Cyclones are finished for the spring. It's time to go for the green. With KXNO and EKG Golf, text the keyword SUPER to 200-200 right now. Enter to win $1,000 cash. That's SUPER to 200-200. Standard message and data rate supply. Kansas City Chiefs conversation next. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Slash walk. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon, the Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Between now and the... Uh, end of our show on Wednesday, we're going to talk to someone representing all four of our uh, local teams coverage-wise today. The Chiefs are in the spotlight. Nick Athen, our go-to guy, ChiefsBlitz.com. You can follow Nick on Twitter, at Chiefs Insider. He joins us. Nick Trent Ken, good to talk to you. How are you as we come to the unofficial halfway point of the off season? Yeah, thank God, man. When's the Super Bowl get here? That's all I care about. Uh, I got gotcha. uh, you. Must have a te- you must cover a team that's got a legitimate chance. Hey, you know, I do live in Florida, and the next two Super Bowls are here, so I, I like ah, the chances. So, gotcha. yes, I do thankfully cover a team, finally, that has a legitimate chance to be world champions once again. Indeed. Well, let's get uh, – got schedule to get to, but let's uh, yep. first of all start to the – seemingly the rumor that's out there, Nick. And, and as Trent and I have talked about, and you certainly well know, that um, you know the Chiefs right now, window wide open, because Patrick Mahomes isn't going to be on a rookie contract forever in one of these years, yep. uh, not too many years down the road, too is going to just blow by the money Russell Wilson got in all likelihood, and he will be come at least for a while the NFL's right. highest paid player. So you got to make a, make hay while you can. Does does uh, does the trade Frank Clark, who is an elite defensive end from Seattle, and that's the rumor that the Chiefs right. would give up their first pick, twenty nine overall, take Clark. But what comes with Clark is a a whole lot of skill, but b a whole lot of money because he's he's looking to get paid. Can they do so, knowing what's coming with the quarterback in the next couple of years well i think they, i think that's the plan i mean i think they realize the two-year window i mean listen just just to be fair Patrick Mahomes is going to get his contract but it's going to be more of how tom brady does his contract 
than having to be the biggest number. He wants to make sure he's got a good team around him. So we're fortunate, and Veach can certainly take advantage of that as he works toward the plan before that extension is announced. But, um, listen, uh, I mean, Clark's a great player. He had some issues in college. Nothing the Chiefs haven't uh, had to deal with with Hill and Hunt and, you know, a lot of other players. But, you know, he's been a role model, uh, you know, ever since uh, that incident. He's taken care of business. He is, in my opinion, uh, one of the best uh, pass rushers that, that, that's on the market. He's twice the player of D Ford. Um, he had a career year last year kind of like uh, Ford did, but he's got, I think, better pass rushing skills. But I do not think under any circumstance the Chiefs are going to give up that number one pick. I think this is going to be a number two pick and a $85, $90 million contract uh, because I don't think the Chiefs are too enamored with pass rushers outside of Bosa. Clearly, they're not going to be able to get in the top two to be able to get him. Um, so I think this is a move out of, I think, semi-desperation because they really don't have an edge rusher right now. The jury's out on Breland's um, speak to see if he can be the player they thought he would be um, outside of the Bob Sutton um, um, shadow, I guess is the best way to put it. But yeah. if this happens, uh, I think they'll give up their second-round pick, You know, maybe a, a fourth-round pick next year. Um, I, don't think, I don't see the Chiefs making a deal in the first round unless it's for Patrick Peterson. Uh, the cornerback from Arizona. Three selections in the first two rounds, 29, 61, and 63. If they do keep all three of those picks, how big of a surprise would it be to you if they went defense with all three of those picks? <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, I, I think I think with the addition of Spagnola as the defensive coordinator, you know, all of a sudden some of the fringe players, maybe the guys who didn't get opportunities the last couple of years, you're going to have a really solid chance to step up and be a better defensive unit. So I could certainly see them going uh, cornerback, safety, uh, maybe edge rusher. I think personally it's going to be cornerback, safety, wide receiver. Uh, And I would not be shocked if they took a wide receiver in the first round, especially if they get their edge rusher. And the cornerback, well, I mean, think about it. I mean, you know, you've got got the Tyreek Hill situation. Mm -hmm. There's definitely some unknowns there. Um, You know, you've got Sammy Watkins with, with the injury issues. You got Marcus Robinson, who just—he's a good player, but they don't really have anything. You know, he can—you know—Beach can talk about Byron Pringle from from Kansas State, who looked really good last year before his injury, and Dieter, and a couple of these other unknowns. But I personally think I think the Chiefs are going to take a wide receiver, whether it's round one or round two, um, somebody that they think they can plug in. Um, the kid from Oklahoma, you know, Brown. Fall. Yeah, I mean, if he falls, uh, the Chiefs are at twenty-nine. You know, I think it's, I, I think if that cornerback or safety that they want isn't there or they think they can get him in the second round, um, do not be shocked if the Chiefs take a wide receiver in the first round. So would Brown, because as you started to say, Nick, he's not the biggest kid. I mean, he's I don't think he's no. 5'10". I don't. I think he's 5'9". Five, five nine is what he's listed at. He's 170 pounds, but he's he's very quick. Is is And I'm not saying he's Tyreek Hill. There's only one no. Tyreek Hill yeah. in the league. But he might be a poor man's Tyreek Hill because we're not sure he's going to be there, Hill. Yeah, I you know, I... I I think he's Dante Hall with better receivers okay. at that stage of their careers. I mean, I think that's what he is. Um, That'll now, work. If, if both of them, yeah, if both of them are on the field at the same time, Watkins can be healthy and Robinson can contribute, and you got still got Kelsey, and then, then they can focus on getting a running back in the second round, uh, then all bets are off. This offense is going to score 40 points a game, and that's all there is to it. Um, so you, you, you have to look at, do you attack your weakness or do you, do you, do you attack your strength? I've always believed 
you know, it, again, if Sutton was defensive coordinator, this philosophy would be out the window. But with Spags, defense is going to be better just on the coaching that they have. I think you always, I think you always upgrade, uh, you know, your strength as a football team. You got to make it stronger because defense has started to figure out Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, you know, over the last three, four weeks of the season. Certainly the Patriots did. And they just didn't have another solution offensively um, outside of Watkins in that second half, really, that they could go to. Um, now, Williams had a nice game, the running back, but you you got to have as many options as you want. And if you want to be successful uh, with Patrick Mahomes, you know, he needs more weapons. And, again, you know, I, I would not be shocked if they went wide receiver. I really wouldn't. So, as you mentioned, Tyreek Hill, where do you sit? Anticipate that he will be part of this. What are you hearing, and, and what are your expectations for him being part of the Chiefs for 2019? Well, I think he'll be part of the Chiefs for 2019. I, I don't, you know, I, I, I pretty much have a pretty strong idea kind of how this thing's going to shake out. Um, I, I, you know, there's still no, he's not been proven guilty. There's no charges being filed. In fact, I think, you know, over the park had cleared him on one of them. The second one is an investigation they're doing on the child and the well-being. And, you know, and I, everybody's assuming his guilt. I think the star has done a hatchet job on this whole story, uh, something I just don't agree with. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, I think Hill has shown up to this point that he has done everything that's been asked of him. He's gone to counseling. He's done everything. At the end of the day, I think this is a domestic issue between a, between a, a man and a woman, and I don't think they get along very well. And I think at the end of the day, you know, I, I think that's what this is. But he's going to be guilty in the public opinion. Unfortunately, that's the way society goes, and politics is led into sports. And uh, I hope he's there. I think he'll play this year. I think if he is cleared, and I would imagine the Chiefs are hopeful that that clearing comes before the start of the draft, um, I think he does get a contract extension, and uh, I think everything's going to move forward in the direction that they want. If not, he may play one more year, and then they're likely going to trade him uh, at the end of this year. Hmm. Well, uh, it'll be interesting because um, with with Goodell in charge of the NFL, if if you do anything to, you know, to cause harm to the shield, uh, whether you're yep. found guilty in a court of law or not, or charges are pressed, we've we've seen suspensions uh, handed down regardless of that. So something certainly worth watching. Nick, in our final quick. few minutes with you, yeah. uh, let's get into the schedule real quick. And I got to ask you this: memory serves. Maybe I should have looked. Didn't they open three out of four on the road last yep. year? The Chiefs, didn't they? Yeah, much tougher three out of four last year than they did this year. Um, actually, the first four out of six were on the road, including that last uh, number six at New England. Right. So, um, you know, I, listen, I don't. That doesn't bother me at all. The Chiefs, the Chiefs have always told the NFL they really want as many December day, games as they can. I think they have three home games in December. They do all against yep. the AFC West. Yep. Um, you know, had had it been uh, their lack of success, if they had poor success last year, I would have said, you know. This is awful, but again, it's not the Raiders that are gone for nine weeks. Um, right. So I think, I, listen, I think Patrick can handle it. I like the way the schedule's kind of laid out for them. Um, you've got Jacksonville, and then you got Oakland. I think the Raiders are an absolute chaos mess. I think they're going to continue to be a mess for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they come home, they go back on the road. So, you know, then they get some prime time games at home. So I think, I think the schedule to me is a lot easier in the first maybe eight, ten weeks and a lot tougher. In the second half, they got to go at Chicago, at New England over the final five games of the season. Not going to be easy uh, by any stretch, and, and hopefully at that point, you know, that New England game is for home field advantage. Though I will put on record now, I do not think the Patriots are going to sniff a Super Bowl 
um, under under Tom Brady ever again. That's just me. Um, I, th- I think that ship sailed. I think they were very lucky last year, and they took advantage of it. So, to answer your question about the schedule, uh, tough at the end, but you, that's where you want your tough games because that's what gets you ready uh, for the postseason. And I think that that is something that this football team needs is to have a tougher schedule in December. I'm no longer picking against Tom Brady ever. I have learned that lesson. Yeah, I like it. You know what? It's going to be real popular, the Chiefs' home schedule, last week of October, first week of November, especially here in Des Moines, Nick. Packers at Chiefs, following week, Vikings at Chiefs. How about that? And the Green Bay Bay, uh, uh, Chiefs game is one of five primetime games for the Chiefs. Included in that is that game in Mexico City where they're going to go back to Azteca, right, and try and get it done this year? Yeah, let's hope so. Something tells me that game's going to be in L.A. (laughs) (laughs) We shall see. Nick Athen, good to talk to you, Nick. We'll talk to you either Friday or Monday in recap, okay? All right, you got it, guys. Thanks for having me on. Good to talk to you. I can read Nick, ChiefSplits.com, ChiefSplits.com. Follow him on Twitter, at Chiefs Insider. That's pretty good back-to-back week right there. Mm, That it is. Packers, Vikings. I know uh, already quite a few people making their way down to Kansas City for that For one of those uh, Vikings Vikings games. Yes, that's... That's one that has been circled for quite a while from uh, a lot of people up north, mm-hmm. I know. So My son and I have plans to go north to U.S. Bank Stadium for Broncos Vikings. Oh, that'll be fun. I think it will, too. What's the date on that one? It's in November. Let me get it. Um, and I'm seeing a lot of people, a lot of Denver, uh, S- Central Iowa Bronco fans making that track oh, yeah. as well. Uh, November 17th, noon. November 17th. And so... that's, that's, that's got no shot of being moved to prime time. You wouldn't. Think. No, he's Denver. They're by you right. know. Um, yeah, th- so that'll be be a lot of Bronco fans, including this one in the building. So we get a late November this year. Or, uh, yes. Thanksgiving. <laughs> right. Twenty eighth. So this is even a week previous to that. Mm-hmm. But the season doesn't end. The season ends in December. Sometimes it goes like January second. Yep. And it kind of bleeds in a little bit mm-hmm. uh, into February, uh, later in February before the Super Bowl, which is fine by me, but uh, not the case this year. Now, there are going to be games on that Saturday, the 21st. Mm-hmm. Right. But I, they haven't, they've got a couple of teams that are either or, I believe. Is that how they did I that? I think so. Okay. I haven't seen definitive who's playing on Saturday, December the 21st, unless I missed it. Let me see here if they got it and listed they're, here. They're both NFL Network, so what are you checking? Are you on NFL.com? I'm on ESPN. They have five games that are listed as TBD for that Sunday. I wonder if those are the ones that they're going to flick three of those five. Well, three or two or three. Boy, that would be something if there's three games on that day. It is Detroit at Denver. Mm-hmm. I knew that was one of them. Buffalo, New England. Mm-hmm. Oakland, Chargers, 49ers, Rams, and Houston, Tampa. All five of those games are TV. What was the one before Houston, Tampa? Uh, Rams, 49ers, at 49 That's uh, That's got a chance to be maybe the best of the bunch of those yep. five. Um, well, we'll see. <clears throat> it's fun. I love talking schedules. Trent Condon. Oh, it's good. It's good. Overall, Chiefs schedule, I wasn't... Oh, they really took one in there. It's not daunting. No. I mean, five you mentioned the timers. three out of four early. That was the first thing that jumped to me. Mm-hmm. And that was the same as last year. It was four out of six, Nick reminded us. It's, it's, it wasn't that tough. No, though. but it's Jacksonville, at Jacksonville, at Oakland, home to Baltimore, at Detroit. Those are the first four. Yeah, and then you just, get the Colts and the Houston in your building. I mean, worst case, you're two and two. I, I still oh, think, they'll be fine. I still think you're probably right down three and one when yeah, you're absolutely. Chiefs fans W and L in it. Yeah, who's going who's gonna to beat them? Jacksonville? Uh, maybe. 
with Nick Foles? We'll see. Uh, Dylan Montz joins the program next. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. This is Iowa State Athletics Director Jamie Pollard, and you're listening to Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Athletic Director Jamie Pollard's oldest son, Thomas, was on our flight along with, I'm assuming, the cross-country team Uh Wednesday going out and yesterday coming back. And it was Thomas's birthday, and they made a big announcement on the plane about, uh, you know, I wish happy birthday, wanted the whole plane to sing, and Mm -hmm. would you please raise your hand? He was having no part of it. Not into it, huh? <laughs> no. But the the, uh, the flight attendant guy said something about uh, his mom called, and she remembered to pack your Bugs Bunny footy pajamas. And, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, they embarrassed the crap out of him. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, the uh, cycle. Got to be cross-country team. That's what he does there, right? Yeah, we got Drake Relays this week. This guy that we're talking to next, he's going to be busy down oh, at the Blue Oval. Is he drawing double duty for the Ames yes. Tribune? Hello, Dylan Mods, Trent and Ken. How are you? Yeah, doing well, guys, and I will be making some sort of appearance at Drake Stadium. Just not sure how many days, but hopefully we can get a couple uh, sunny ones there. Where's the uh, line form for the autographs? Are you doing an autograph session, too, as you show up? Yeah, we can do it at the stairs at the press box. <laughs> okay, so, all right. So I don't have to go too far, or the or the tunnel. So <laughs> what's what angle is the Ames trip sending you over there for, Dylan? Is there something in particular? Yeah, I'll be doing a little bit of preps and a little bit of Iowa State. Gotcha. Stuff, so kind of, um, you know, we'll, we'll have a couple guys there every day. So just kind of filling in wherever needed. But, yeah, be kind of bouncing back and forth and, and looking for those kinds of angles. Well, you've got some time on your hands now that uh, uh, football is over uh, for a uh, spring football is over for another uh, another spring. And, you know, Dylan, it's there's got to be an answer to this question, but I don't think it's as easy as maybe it's been in a lot of years as, you know, I'm going to ask you what, uh, what Iowa State thinks that they've still got some work to do on what's the one unit that seemingly needs to has the most questions to be answered and you know in previous years well you could pick your position group right a lot of times not the case anymore with this new coach he's uh he's he's built he's built something there and you know normally the answer would be easy well it's the offensive line and maybe that's the answer because you have to have an answer it's it doesn't jump off the page like it used to does it yeah, and I think that's kind of a credit to what they've done to build up some of the skill positions, whether you talk about quarterback, whether you talk about running back, them bringing in guys to the caliber of Brees Hall and uh, Jibrell Brock, who will get here this summer, and then having Kamei Nwongu and Johnny Lang and Sheldon Crody already, already on campus. Um, then linebacker and defensive line, I think you've really seen those groups get a lot deeper. Um, so I, I probably would say the offensive line is 1A and maybe the secondary is 1B. And the secondary is just mainly because those guys are young. I do think they have a lot of talent. Um, they're getting that grad transfer from Rice and Justin Bickham uh, to come in when he graduates from there. So they'll have some reinforcements coming in and some guys they feel good about. But uh, Matt Campbell said it even last uh, Thursday when the media got to talk to him. Um, the offensive line, not shying away from it. It hasn't been where they want it to be, obviously. Um, but he's starting to see maybe some of the things click that, have been missing in the past, and I think that's a credit to guys getting older um, and then bring them bringing in some younger guys like Joey Ramos, Trevor Downing, Rob Hudson um, is a name that came up too. So I think it's just a matter of getting that the, the experience, the guys in the system, and then all, all those sorts of intangibles to, to line up as well. You know, wide receiver, a position with the loss of Akeem Butler as he waits to hear his name called at the NFL draft. Coming up this week, Matthew Eaton also moving on. And uh, last week, Josh Johnson entering the NCAA transfer portal. 
all of a sudden, another name that had been bandied about. We had not seen a ton out of Johnson, but I know a name that we've talked about in the past. Who are some of the receivers you're looking to make an impact this season? Yeah, I, I could have seen him actually being a guy that came in there and played um, outside, but uh, like you mentioned, he wasn't a guy that he had been mentioned a couple times, but not necessarily one of the main guys that had been talked about. So I think um, you got to look at guys like Sean Shaw, Joe Skates, uh, Landon Akers is a guy uh, from Cedar Rapids that has been brought up a little bit, and he's you know, super fast on the outside and can um, you know beat people off off the snap. So I think that's that's really important, obviously. But uh, I think those three are probably at the the top of the chain right now. And then uh, also kind of the added interest in this is going to be what the tight ends do because you'll have guys like uh, Chase Allen who can flex out maybe a little bit and um, you know play in the slot at, at times to give them a different look and some more versatility there. Charlie Kohler will play attached. Dylan Stainer. They've been moving all around, and he's been in the backfield at that fullback spot and uh, lining up at the Y tight end so he can get out and catch passes. So they're going to try to be as versatile as possible, and that's kind of a, you know maybe a cliche word and, and one that everybody uses. But I think they do have some added pieces, even if even though they lose guys of the caliber of Hakeem Butler and uh, Matthew Eaton. Uh, they, they can do maybe some different things now that those guys are getting a little bit older, and they do have some big bodies and um, some different looks that they can roll out there. Dylan Montz from the Ames Tribune is our guest. Dylan, is it is it fair to say that maybe two of the, air quote, buzz names uh, from the offensive side of the football this spring would be Saner being one and, and, and Brees Hall being the other? Yeah, I think so. I, I think Brees Hall, uh, naturally, just given his credentials coming in, being a top-ten running back in the country, um, the number, I think he was the number one or two player out of Kansas. Um, he, he's, and I think his size is what is so intriguing. He's six one, two fifteen. Um, so he's really big and not your prototypical, you know, compact running back. So that kind of adds to maybe what he can do out there. And then Dylan Sainer at six seven and two seventy. Um, he's a guy that obviously, you know, he's if he was less athletic, I think he'd be playing offensive line. But he can really get out. And um, Alex Golish, the tight ends coach, said. He can, uh, you know, he has really good hands. Can catch, can run a little bit better than maybe what you would assume. So I think those two guys, uh, you know, as much as anybody, are kind of those intriguing chess type pieces that you can move around and, and do a lot of different things with. Uh, for Paul, maybe you can throw him outside and, and uh, have him catch some passes, and then Dylan Sainer, you can put him in the backfield, you can play him attached, and then maybe you can play him unattached a little bit at times too. So a, a lot of possibilities, and I think that's. That's kind of um, maybe what the theme of the spring has been, is trying different guys out at different spots. Dylan, you, you obviously know this team inside and out. You have you know people you talk to that kind of give you information. Is there, has there been a surprise name, a name that you would thought maybe was buried a little bit deeper on the depth chart that you've heard of had a good spring? Any surprises to you uh, of the people you've talked to and, and heard about going on throughout the spring? Yeah, I don't know if this is necessarily a surprise, but it's just it's, these are names that have kind of caught my eye with. Um, you know, Will McDonald is a guy mm-hmm. that's been with a lot of buzz at linebacker. Um, he's 6'4", so he's built kind of a little bit different too. Really athletic, um, and, and they can have some versatility in the defense with him where um, they'll play that 3-3 three, three stack type of defense, but with him, because of his defensive line background, maybe you can play him up a little bit and you can disguise some coverages a little bit more and, if he can kind of hone some of the pass coverage that he has to do, that makes him really dangerous. And then um, uh, Chandler Pulvermacher and Gary Vaughn, uh, both redshirt freshmen who can come in and really give them depth at linebacker too. I think um, people kind of know what they have already with Mike Rose, with Marcel Spears, with Jay Cummel and Orion Vance, those guys that have played more so. Um, but now they're kind of filling it out with depth, especially at the, the 
other side, uh, opposite Spears, uh, guys like Will McDonald or Chandler Pulvermacher or Gary Vaughn, um, having their, their names in there, especially these young guys, I think is kind of intriguing and something I'm going to be kind of keyed in on as, as they get into preseason camp in a few months. What about injuries, Dylan? Did they come through for the most part unscathed? Is there something that's going to require surgery and rehab prior to uh, August? Yeah, Matt Campbell kind of downplayed a, a lot of, of maybe what was going on. A few of the guys uh, that were mentioned were Jaquan Bailey, Cordarius Bailey, Bryce Meeker, um, and those guys all sound like they're going to be fine. He, Matt had said that Jaquan could be back in a couple weeks and ready to go, so really kind of minor things. Um, and then there were a couple guys in the blue jerseys, which means non-contact, and they were they were out there on the field but not doing as much, guys like Johnny Lang and Daytron Young. Um, but, uh, you know, it sounds like for the most part they really got through pretty, pretty well. And uh, the good thing about that is it can kind of give them time to look at guys like Gary Vaughn or, or Chandler Pulvermacher and see what they have in terms of depth. So I think um, yeah, you, you don't want anybody to get injured. You want to kind of come through healthy. But that's kind of maybe the silver lining in it, in it as you get to see uh, a lot of those different names kind of oh. come to the surface and get some experience. Over two little basketballs, Dylan Montz joins us from the Ames Tribune. I saw a report. Rajon Tucker, uh, a grad transfer, is not only has his name in the NBA draft, but is also looking around if the NBA draft doesn't go his way, uh, making a grad transfer from Arkansas Little Rock for his final season. Sounds like Iowa State is going to get a visit out of him. Certainly a very talented guy if the NBA route doesn't work out. What are you hearing about Rajon Tucker? Yeah, it sounds like one that kind of popped up here recently. And obviously with graduate transfers, that that's such a they're so coveted because of you know, their experience that they've had at those other schools, maybe what they can come in and do. But, um, you know, I saw the reports. It sounds like West Virginia, Auburn, Memphis, Kansas, South Carolina were all in the mix. Um, but it, given what Iowa State, you know, in, in terms of what their depth is going to be like and who they have returning, um, you know, losing five, six guys now, a um, couple to the NBA draft and a couple to graduation, one leaving and Cameron Lard, um, they need guys that can come in and, and be a little bit of a spark and kind of offset some of the inexperience that they do have. Um, you know, obviously that Tyrese Halliburton coming back is, is key. Solomon Young is kind of a guy that people forget about. Mm-hmm. Having him back is, is going to be, um, you know, kind of a luxury. Uh, but having a guy that, that's, you know, done it at a high level, was highly relied on um, at his previous school to come in and be kind of a bridge a little bit is, is important. So it, it, if I wish they could seal the deal on that, it, it would certainly be a nice get. Uh, last thing, Dylan, we'll talk to you next week and we'll recap what happened in the draft. But in your mind, uh, are both Montgomery and Butler gone prior to Saturday, meaning, you know, second and third round in all likelihood on Friday night? Or do, does one of them slip to Saturday? At the risk of, uh, you know, being wrong, I'll say they're both day two picks. I think um, kind of the consensus <clears throat> is that uh, Butler's moved his way maybe up into the second round. Yep. Really kind of. Um, you know, I know people have talked about him flirting with the first-round pick and, you know, as low as third maybe, but uh, it sounds like he's maybe kind of settled in the second-round range. And then running backs, it's, um, you know, Josh Jacobs from Alabama is going to go pretty high. And then it's just kind of a, um, you know, up, up to the teams who they mm-hmm. like best. And Montgomery's not going to kill you with speed or anything, but he does so many different things that, um, you know, a team could, could fall in love with him and take him in the second round. But I don't think... Uh, either guy falls below the third. I'm with you. Dylan Montz, Ames Tribune, AmesTrib.com for the football coverage and now some uh, some Drake Relays coverage out of Dylan uh, coming up. Dylan, we'll talk to you next week as we uh, cut back on your work schedule a little bit. We appreciate what you've done the twice weekly uh, from seemingly uh, the July right through uh, last week. So appreciate that, Dylan. We will talk to you next week, okay? 
Sounds good, guys. Always great to be with you. Yeah, good to talk to you. Dylan Mons, Ames Tribune, AmesTrib.com to read Dylan's, Travis Hines, Hayes Gardner, and the entire paper over there. AmesTrib.com. Spring football getting to a close. Yep. How you feel about this Iowa State team? Really good. Love the roster. I do, too. I do, too. Uh, what you said at the top, we, we normally look at that offensive Trent, line. Trent, it's easy to find a weakness. Look at, the, look at that linebacker, uh-huh. whatever it may be. Right. Really don't do that. Not anymore. Not since he's taken over the program. I, mean, I mentioned wide receivers. He's, we didn't even talk about Deshante Jones and Tariq, and Tariq Milton. Milton, right? Both of those kids. <laughs> it, we talked about some of the depth pieces, but mm-hmm. those and, two are given after yes. losing two. Not only Hakeem no, Butler, I like Matthew Eaton. I'm glad you brought I'm him a up. Big, yeah. I was a big Eaton yeah. fan. He was a guy I was kind of I left. I was left wanting more. Right. I think maybe in past Iowa State teams he oh, probably would have got more plenty snaps. of opportunities. Yeah. Yes, but because of the depth and uh-huh. you don't have to be out there. You don't have to play 70 snaps yeah. and run 70 ra- or 45 routes. Yeah, Marchie Murdoch took his playing time the year before that. Yes. Right. Uh, they've had some guys there. They they've have. had some guys and, and they got some guys roster. here. Yeah, up and down. Good players. There is Good a, a quarterback players. who's you know we saw enough about him. I think the running game. It's not. It's not David Montgomery, but they're going to be fine. But until I see it, I still have a little Missouri in me. I, I need to show me. Okay. The the tight end talk. Until we see somebody catch like 15 passes, can we just slow down? I can't because I love Kohler. I know. He's really good. Chase Allen's really talented. Uh, yes. And, and Sanders has been what, good. One of the surprises of spring. I mean, if I put the over-under, will a tight end get to 20 catches this oh. year? Oh. <laughs> see? The answer is yes. I believe that this is finally the year that they break you that threshold. You get the field. You get any one of those three we mentioned. <laughs> I think Milton's going to catch a ton of balls, and yeah. and I've been on the in the Jones camp since he was a freshman. Oh, he burst onto the scene. Yes, he did. And he doesn't. He's a football fast guy. Like you hear people, oh, he's not really fast. Looks fast on a football mm. field. You know what was fast? This two hours flew by, huh? It really and truly did. Um, yeah, just poof. Uh, so tomorrow, Zuba Mahente is going to be here. Mm-hmm. Joe O'Donnell will be here. Game two for the Iowa Wild. You told me off air, the Bucks are actually down two zip in their series. Yes, and they play their back home. They started in Tri Cities. Yeah, Kearney. Is that Carney? part of the Kearney? Kearney, Nebraska. Is that where they are? I don't know. I, I believe so. Okay. But down two zero. So five game series. Yeah, I win three in a and, row. And this, was, this you said was the best team. And yes, inside yeah, of the bracket. Yep. So um, it's too bad, but I mean, if you're a hockey fan, localized, and you want to support one of the locals, you got to choose tomorrow. That's too bad, yeah. Right? The Wild are at home, and so are the Bucks at home. Well, Joe O'Donnell's going to join us tomorrow. We'll preview that. Uh, Green Bay Packers with Dave Sinekin. Don't have that confirmed yet, but he'll be one out of the next two days. Look forward to speaking uh, Packers. Noah Fanta 12 seems to be consensus if Hawkinson is gone that mm-hmm. uh, the Packers want a tight end. Both of the Hawk tight ends could be off the board in the first dozen picks. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, as it's, I'm not saying it's not worth it. It's just, think about it. There is some misinformation out there, too. I've no. seen a lot of this about the usage of two tight ends. I would use two tight end sets. I think it was 64% yeah, I saw of the Doc uh, Rebuta guy. Yeah, um, yeah he's, yeah. He's just because this guy came back with all the stats and said, no, that's not how it was. Right, right. I, I believe Scott Doctor. Yeah, numbers. I do too. He's in the press box charting every play. He I'll is. take his word for it. I mean, those guys, him and Mark and, and Chad and all the beat guys. Yeah, Kakert. You think it's just sitting up there and watching a ball game, right? They are working. Right. And they think it's well, you, you go watch a three-hour game and get a couple interviews, you're done. 
That is not the case uh-uh. at all. Uh-uh. It is a labor-intensive day of football for them. It's Solskjaer's one tweet seemingly after every... Now, I think there's a little overkill on that, and maybe that's just because I follow... It's not exclusive to them, although the you know the Cyclones on during their game as well. A lot of uh, game tweets going on, but anyways, it comes with the territory, right? It does. What are you watching tonight? Well, I'm going to watch... Cubs are off, right? They are. Milwaukee Cardinals is a good series. It's a good one. NBA does nothing for me. There's the no drama. Same. Uh, I'm going to watch the Stars and the Preds. Early. That was the one that jumped out to me. Yeah, and that's the 8:30 game, right? It's Preds Capitals first, and I'm I'm wagering on the Preds. Are you going to, oh, so you think they bounce back and take Game Three and force Game Seven on Wednesday night? Okay, I'll sign up for that. I hope you're right. So, and I get plus money at it. That, that's another reason. Plus one twenty. Mm-hmm. Figure that was a good one. Yeah, I think so too. Baseball Twins Astros. I've seen this song and dance Ooh. the last three years, and it hasn't been pretty for. Them. Although you know what to. to I know it's Baltimore, right? I know it's Baltimore. But when you've got a team like Baltimore who's not as good as you, beat them. And they did. They did. They 11 homers them. on the doubleheader on Saturday. Good. Take care of business and... They can rake. And look where they are in the standing strength. That would be right at the top of the Central Division. Yeah, bullpen, though. Ooh. I hear you. Uh, thank you for being here today. If you missed any portion of the program, you can go to KXNIO.com. Check the podcast link. Murph and Andy at 2, the Fanatics at 4. The Morning Rush will start it all over again on a Tuesday. Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNR.